0: Morning. Morning. Mm-hmm. So last week we started a new lesson series. Uh, many of you were here; some of you were not. So, if you weren't here, um, we're going to be talking for the next—who knows how long—about um, about vulnerability um in as broad a terms as we can and also as specifically as we can i think there's a lot to learn here about the christian life a lot to learn about being human a lot to learn about god's own character uh, when we talk about vulnerability Um, it's not an easy thing to talk about it's not something that we talk a lot about Um, like last time, I've, I've put out cards and encouraged you to share your thoughts about this. Um, I have noted, but not making much of it so far, that there were a lot more cards that came in on the hard sayings of Jesus than there have been on vulnerability. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> Maybe I should have expected that. Um, so if you, again, you don't have to sign the cards and I'm not a handwriting analyst so um, if you uh, feel comfortable sharing some of your own thoughts about vulnerability when you you yourself find yourself uh, most vulnerable, that would be helpful to me as I try to uh, think out loud with you about this. I thought we might start today a little differently. I told you last week, and it's absolutely true, it's going to be true every week, I can tell, that um, I really have no idea where this is going Um, as a series, and I don't know where this is going even today. I have some ideas where it might go, but it partly depends on uh, what you you say here this morning. So I asked you last week, if you were here, to be thinking about it, and if you weren't here last week, you can be thinking about it now. once you uh, once you start thinking about something, it's like when you learn it's like when you learn learn a new word, you like see it everywhere. Have you ever had that experience? You learn a new word. And, like I haven't heard this word my whole life, and now I've heard it six times this week. Um, or somebody points something out to you and you see it all the time. Same thing here. as we started talking about vulnerability this week, um, I just started that was sort of the grid through which I saw the week. Um, And so I was paying attention to vulnerability, my own and other people's. And I don't know if you did that, Um, but as you were thinking about the week, last week we we found ourselves um, reflecting on the vulnerability brought on (coughs) by the hurricane and the flooding and the sort of physical vulnerability of people. We talked last week that there's a kind of physical vulnerability to human beings Um, but there's also kinds of emotional vulnerability and sometimes they're connected sometimes they're not. Um, But last week we just sort of reflected at the end a little bit about what it means to think about the vulnerability of ourselves and our neighbors um, when it comes to sort of physical issues, um, our physical well-being. We certainly have you know plenty of people in our midst who are struggling with their own health right feeling very vulnerable but i i just wanted to start this morning by hearing from anyone maybe who was thinking about vulnerability or seeing the world through that lens of vulnerability this week and, and just be willing to say what you saw what you were thinking about as you were uh, reflecting on uh, your daily life, your neighbors, the world around us, anything, anybody uh, have any, we might start, I haven't decided, we might start every week this way, so you might get in the habit of doing this. Um, I just want to hear from from anyone who has any thoughts, and, and just say it, and if it's not loud enough, I'll repeat it, so don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, the challenge is we don't have Linda to start, so... <laughs> You're all looking over here like, where's Linda? She, she always stars for us. Uh, Phil. Yes.
1: I would just mention the presidential election. See, I think yeah. that all of us,
0: well, I don't know about all, good many of us are worried, mm-hmm. no matter which candidate prevails, mm-hmm. but what will be our world-round vulnerabilities with one candidate
1: or the other? And it's very serious to
0: us, both physically and emotionally. Mm. Yeah, so if you couldn't hear that, um, Paul was mentioned about the way in which the presidential election has made a lot of us uh, feel vulnerable, um, regardless of where you stand. Um, We can imagine certain types of vulnerabilities being exposed one way or the other, whoever happens to um, win the election. Yeah. Yes,
1: Larry. For the first time I've been uh, uh, more than normally worried about uh, our country and uh, how we are uh, uh, vulnerable and uh, some, the uh, military part uh, with some of these other countries. Okay. We've always been strong and we haven't uh, had to worry about that.
0: Okay. Larry mentioned the way that he feels a certain kind of vulnerability as a country, Um, wondering about our own vulnerabilities to other uh, powers and uh, people who might wish us harm around the world, okay. Bill,
1: uh, I think we're very concerned about how vulnerable we feel our country is to, to, The attacks on religion, if that's the way you want to say it, on Christianity, on uh, uh, how we're diminishing our our roots where we came from in terms of God and praying and church and these kinds of things.
0: Okay, so it's been voiced that we have concerns about our vulnerabilities as a, uh, what do you want to call it, attacks on religion or Christianity or something like that. Um, somehow uh, that feels vulnerable. Um,
1: Oh no. Oh Oh, no. (laughs) 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 She's (laughs) here. We were off to such a good start. (laughs)
0: you're you're too late, Linda. We've already talked about you.
1: <laughs> I know it was a long conversation.
0: And, no, it really wasn't, actually. Rather than short. Um it's just I I took the risk of asking a question at the very beginning and every after I stopped asked the question, every eye just went to your seat.
1: Yes. Was there a pregnant pause where everybody goes, "I don't want to be"? It the
0: was completely girl. silent. That's
1: what I it thought. was completely
0: silent. But just so that you're, we did get going. We managed. So just so you know, I mean, okay. yeah, I, I know it hurts your feelings because last week we talked about how that's your gift, and um, and it is your gift. But you should know that if if for some reason you aren't available to give that gift, we will live along.
1: It's a I'm not the least bit sensitive.
0: It is true. It is true. But,
1: but it was a grand hit. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, for Mike. all of the things that have been cited, I feel a vulnerability for my children and, a, and my grandchildren more than myself
0: okay of my age. okay so one person in here is willing to, to talk about their advanced age <laughs> rest us in denial yeah so the, the, the question about feeling vulnerable for those who come after us kind of anxiety or fearfulness about what what kind of world are we handing over uh, to our children or grandchildren their children and grandchildren yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Jim's comment about uh, our religion, mm. um, I'm wondering to what degree should we allow our vulnerability to reach with the knowledge that God is this is God's world mm. and he is in control?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the question was, you know, how do we think about any of these vulnerabilities, but I mean, what is it, how do we factor in this notion that we have in our heads that doesn't necessarily, I mean, this is part of the complication of being a human being, isn't it? That uh, you can know all kinds of things in your head and yet your gut stills just churning. Um, and so you and I can say, because we've heard it all our lives, many of us, that in some sense, God's in control of this world and uh, any world to come. So how do, how do we think about that um, without beyond just sort of mouthing pious platitudes? Um, how, do, how do we wrestle with that? That certainly will have to be part of our conversation in the coming weeks or months or years, however long we go with this. <laughs> Hopefully it's not years. Um, but no, I think that's a great, a great question um, yes. Are we headed for an Armageddon, that's the way it feels to me. <laughs> mm. Are we heading towards an Armageddon? Yeah, so a lot, a lot of fear, um, a lot of fear. Part of what uh, vulnerability is about, we mentioned last week that vulnerability is about uh, the sense that we're open to being wounded, we're exposed. That's at the heart of vulnerability is uh, the, the sense that we can be wounded. The, the word vulnerability itself comes from a word that means wound. And so um, this notion that we can be wounded, we're open to being wounded, either because we've left ourselves open <laughs> uh, or because through no willingness on our part, our... Uh, we are exposed in such a way that we can be wounded. Anything else? These are, I appreciate your honesty about this. Yes, first.
1: I was seeing on the news the other day about this refugee family from Syria hmm. that had relocated yeah. in the United States with two little boys under five years old. And I just, my heart just ached for them.
0: Yeah. So the the whole refugee crisis, um, it's interesting that when a lot of us think about that, we think of our own vulnerability, right? A lot of people have been reminding us how dangerous that is for us. Um, It's probably hard for us, but probably need also to be capable of shifting our imagination to imagine what it might be to be a refugee. Right? Um, if you haven't seen, there were some new drone photographs of Aleppo this week. Uh, if you haven't, for those of you who have computer capacity and can Google something, just Google uh, Aleppo drone footage and I mean, it's, it, looks, it looks like the remnants of Dresden or something after World War II. It just looks like a shell of a city. And you have millions of people fleeing that because there's just nothing left. And I try to get my head around if I was fleeing that, how vulnerable I would feel. And then to think about how vulnerable you feel if, and you're fleeing, trying to save your life, every, or at least a lot of people who see you think you're the threat. How would that make me feel if I'm the one running for my life and people are afraid of me? Think how doubly vulnerable you'd feel. Right? And I can't get my head around that. I mean, I've never felt anything like that. I mean, I don't think I'm a scary person. But I like to think if I was running from my life because I was, my world was falling in around me and people were scared of me, i like, what would I do? How would I even function in the world? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a complicated set of vulnerabilities, isn't it? Um, thank you for, for sharing that. Chair, you. One of the vulnerabilities that I feel for
1: our country Survive. Is the government really telling us the truth hmm. on all the
0: issues? Yeah. So the question was raised about it is the, the vulnerability of feeling whether our democracy is going to survive. You know, is is the government telling us the truth on this or that or or anything? The kind of vulnerability we feel. I mean, one of the things we take pride in, at least on some days or at least at some points. Right is this somehow sense of government by the people in some sense?
1: It's one of the, right, one of the people I feel is so helpless with what's going on. We we have two polarized groups, and we, we attack every problem from here. Hmm. We're not willing to work in here, hmm. and, and I want. I feel very vulnerable in saying how we're we going to go about some of this immigration everything else. It's, it's just It's like all the other
0: problems we're working on, we're not. Right. Yeah, so part of the vulnerability is... um, I mean, one of the ways of naming it, maybe, that some of us feel is um, it it feels like we've come to a place where we're living in different worlds. (laughs) Right? Um, That... We seem incapable of talking to each other. Seem uh, incapable of listening to each other, because the sense is we, we can't even agree on just the basic facts. We feel like we're living in different worlds, and so it's hard. It's hard to feel hopeful at that point, right? I mean, if I can't, if we can't even agree on very basic things, it makes you feel vulnerable. It makes you feel hopeless. Um, and when you feel hopeless, again you feel a certain type of vulnerability. so I think you're right I think there's this vulnerability that comes from thinking like how do we even how do we get how do we get back uh, to some type of uh, civility that would even make conversation possible? Um, things seem so polarized and and the and the sort of demonization all around, right? It's like you can't cooperate because that person's of the devil, mm-hmm. right? So you can't can't compromise with evil, right? And so we won't even acknowledge each other's humanity and basic goodness, and so we have to. So we just sort of dig in, become entrenched. Yeah. yeah. This well.
1: weekend. Class that we had, uh, some of the members of the class that we ended on uh, making sense of the Bible. Mm. This is a closing class. The Methodist Church very well will be vulnerable on the issue of homosexuality and transgender problem. Mm. And it's coming up very likely in the next couple of years. Mm. Uh, it's, it's along these lines, it's very difficult to discuss a, a complex problem. Yeah. And uh, unless you can see
0: eye to As you say, listen. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, the whole question of how is the Methodist Church and how are other churches? The Methodist Church is not the only church in the United States around the world that's wrestling with uh, the gay and transgender issues um, and how to think about what that's going to mean for uh, us as a church. Um, how do we think through that? Um, how do we listen to each other? And as you say, I mean, how, it does require... Uh, listening. Um and maybe th- maybe that's something we can talk about so, for a few minutes since it seems to have been so prevalent in what everyone was saying here. So I think we Well, I saw uh, a thing in a paper about Eastman. Are going to start dealing with that in the workplace. Yeah. You know, gonna the workplace. Yeah, it's going to it's going to affect it's going to affect everyone. Don't you find it logical?
1: For the transcender um, operation, but they barely give dental you know, coverage or yeah. certain Oh, so, yeah, it wasn't going to make that, that insurance. insurance. It was that, but still, in, they're they're addressing it, you know, as far as technology. You know,
0: there is some in their workforce. Right, uh, right. Well, let's in let's let's. And see, so this is the challenge of handing the class over to you so I can never get it back. <laughs> It's the risk you take, right? I mean, it's my little bit of vulnerability for today. Is I thought, <laughs> do I dare do this? And I dared, and now I have to think again. No, you did well. I mean, you've given us lots of grist for, for our mill. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit about what you put on the table for just this week. I mean, not that these things just came up this week. I mean, these things have been going on, right? But we felt them a lot of these. We felt a lot of these things this week. And um, keep your eyes open and keep your heart open. Um, I'd like to hear. Um, I'll just add one. Um, one thing I was thinking about this week. Um, and again, not not trying to get political here, but it's just it's been on my heart because I just. Heard a lot of people talking about it and I was trying to listen. Um, and that, that was, I was thinking about um, the news brought up the way in which a, a lot of women in our culture feel vulnerable to men. Boy, that's hard to talk about. Who wants to talk about that? Um, men, men, men don't, right? Men don't. No. Um, we don't want to talk about it. And often we control a lot of some of the conversation. And so I don't want to talk about it. I'm up front. I don't want to talk about it. Um,
1: Let's hear from the women. can <laughs> well, yeah. believe the news? The only place was for in the home. Right. They raised the kids, they they stayed at home. There was no work outside the home, and the men were the
0: workforce. Right. And I guess when I'm Still what, what I was struck by was listening to women in my small circle say what the conversation in the news this week triggered for them was the first time they had been assaulted by a man. And how many of them had a story that they hadn't talked about, right? Um, They hadn't talked about for years. Um, And and I I was pretty... I shouldn't have been shocked, but I have to say I, have to say I was shocked at how many women, without—I mean, I didn't bring it up—but um, how many were allowed? How many? That the conversation in the culture gave them at least a, an opening to say, "You know, this is just this is just not a handful of people. This is the experience of a lot of women. Not all women, maybe, but this is the experience of a lot of women over time." And Who wants to talk about that? Um, They feel very vulnerable. Uh, um,
1: My question, if you're referring to what's going on with Trump, can you believe the whole media? Can you believe what's coming out all of a sudden? Yeah,
0: and that's why I suggested I'm not really want to talk about that. What I want to talk about is the people that I actually look in their eyes. if I look in their eyes and they tell me their story, and then they were 12 years old,
1: yeah.
0: walking home from a store, and someone pulls up to the curb, rolls down the window, exposes themselves to a 12-year-old. Right? Um, they've cared that their whole life. Right? And they, they acknowledge that well, that's not nearly as bad as what some people have had to experience. But they can't ever forget that. And they're aware that that's shaped them and that, that kind of vulnerability. So, yeah, I, I'm really not interested in talking about um, what you make of, but what it, what it revealed that I think a lot of us don't want to talk about, uh, including me, is there's that kind of vulnerability in our culture that's largely kind of suppressed because it's so uncomfortable to talk about, just like so many of these things. Who wants to talk about that, that that goes on? Um, Who wants to talk about, I mean, that people carry these wounds, right? These wounds, and that that anything In your daily life, might you know reopen that wound? So let's let's talk a little bit about listening, the the vulnerability of listening, which is what you raised. How do we listen to each other? Um, We often. Talk about the vulnerability. I mean, a number of you on your cards put that one of the times you feel most vulnerable is when you have to do when you have to speak in public or pray in public. It was interesting how many of you mentioned that. Um, actually, they do surveys fairly recently and ask people about what their deepest fear is, and that. For a number of years, quite quite a long time actually, is the number one thing that's named more than death. Interestingly
1: enough,
0: Uh, I think death is number two. Going to
1: the dentist. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's going going to certain dentists. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But, and I think there is, it, it is interesting how, and we'll talk a little bit about what's behind that fear of, of uh, public prayer or public speaking. Because the, the vulnerability there, the fear there, is, is clearly driven by some pretty interesting things. But given what we said this morning, I think it might be interesting to, to flip it. And talk about the vulnerability of not sort of speaking, but the vulnerability of listening. Um, I think we often don't think about that—the uh, vulnerability of genuinely listening—and this this may be part of the. I mean, there's no simple diagnosis of one of the challenges of our country here, but sure, and surely in the church, in our families, and in our workplaces, there's a challenge here about the vulnerability of listening. A lot happens, potentially, when you're genuinely listening to another person. Uh, when, you're, when you create the space for another person, actually have the freedom to say what they feel they need to say um, without fear that you or I are going to interrupt or that you you or I are actually just sort of waiting for them to be done. So we can say our piece, which is what a lot of us, if we're honest, find ourselves doing. I'm not really listening to you, I just, I heard you long enough for it to trigger my story, and so then I'm just sort of marking time, sort of nodding occasionally and politely, acting like I'm listening to you, and waiting for you to get done so I can say the really interesting thing. I mean, this is true, right? This is what passes for conversation. Uh, It's just a loosely connected uh, set of random thoughts that you'd have to be really expert to sort of weave what the line is, you know, how one segues to the other. Um, That's what passes for conversation. At best, I mean, these are friendly people listening to each other, right? It's a completely different thing when you're in a situation where there's... potentially tension or disagreement right then it becomes a lot more hostile right? then I just wait until you say something that I really want to refute and while you continue blathering on I'm building the argument in my head (laughs) right just waiting you know for you to stop so I can bring the smack down (laughs) and then we wonder why we can't talk Right, and then we, because we're not really talking, we're not really taking. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I'll text you my argument.
1: I'll
0: tweet you my argument in 140 characters. Um, We don't. We find it really hard to listen, and I think, I mean, one of the reasons I think people have. Find it difficult to listen, myself included, is, I mean, a couple things. One is part of the vulnerability of listening is actually allowing that person to be who they are, uh, to think what they think, to feel what they feel, without the need to correct refute, just, just, let them, just let them be. Not with indifference, but to, to honor that. To, I mean, when, when was the last time you actually felt listened to? You had the freedom to say what you actually thought without fear. I mean, this is what some of you mentioned last week when we were talking about when you feel vulnerable. It's like when you're in a group of people and people start having conversations uh, like we're having this morning, and all of a sudden, politics comes up, and everybody assumes that everybody in the room thinks this way, and but you don't think that way, and so uh, you don't feel free to say what you think um, about anything. So there's, so there's that kind of vulnerability in in listening, is is the vulnerability of, of giving the other person the space, right, without my need to control, but more than that. I think the, the vulnerability of listening is wrapped up into the fact that if if I genuinely listen to another person I mean genuinely listen I don't mean politely listen at a distance uh, What we sometimes call you know tolerance you know which is not really tolerance it's indifference it just means it's fine for you to think what you think I don't really care what you think, but you know, just say what you think and we'll move on. right? Um, But to really, if I really listen to you, there's at least the potential. I mean, if it's genuinely, I mean, I think this is a test of genuine listening, is am I open as the listener to being changed, by what I hear? Am am I willing to be changed? Me, the listener. Am I willing to be changed by what I hear? If the answer is no, if I'm not willing to be changed by what I hear, I think I'm not really listening. I think that's a good kind of litmus test about whether I'm genuinely listening. Am I open to being changed? Changed about any number of things. Am I willing to change my my view of this person? Right. That's hard. I mean, most of us have ideas about each other. Right. Um, Whether they have any connection at all to the person is another thing. But we all have ideas about each other. Am I actually willing to listen? to another person and be changed by that and that's that's a vulnerability most of us find it i mean i'm i have to admit I, i'm i'm a double minded man right i mean i know as a christian that i need to be changed and transformed every day into the image of christ and even though i might pray for that i don't find change coming easily. I don't like it a lot of times. It's hard. It's painful. I have to face things about myself that I might find difficult to. My own prejudices, right? If I actually listen to a story, I might have to admit that I've been absolutely all wrong about this person. I don't want to do that. I mean, it's just easier just to th- go on thinking that they were who I was sure they were, right? But what, what if I find out they're, they're not that, actually? <laughs> or what if I find out that they're, they care about a lot of the same things I care about, even though they come at them very differently? It was easier just to think that, well, we, I was right and they were wrong. So genuinely listening to another person creates enormous potential vulnerability to change. And a lot of us, one of the ways we protect against being potentially wounded is to put up our kind of defenses of self-protection. And part of what I'm protecting is my view of the world, my view of the self, myself, my view of you, All of these things that allow me to go on in the world, and so I don't—I'm not necessarily very open in a a daily way to having those shift. But genuinely listening, genuinely listening, requires us to be open to change, and that—that may be one of the things. We need desperately in our day is if you're like me, most of us long to be heard, and I think that's that's right I mean I think there's something in us we want to be heard, we want to be seen, but most of us, myself included, don't wake up every day with a longing to listen. I mean, I want to be heard, right? I want to be heard, but it's much harder for me to recognize that longing to be heard in other people, right? I mean, now we're back to that sort of basic principle in the Christian life, right? Um, Wanting for others what we want for ourselves, And maybe even wanting for others what we, before we want the same thing for ourselves. I mean, if I have this desperate need, as most of us do, to want to be seen and known and acknowledged and heard, I mean, presumably somebody has to be willing to listen to that. And I suppose another way of putting it is, you know, can we know we're called to love our neighbor? as ourselves. Most of us have heard that as when we were old enough to hear anything. You know, can I love my neighbor if I am not willing to listen to my neighbor? And I mean, genuinely listen. You know, can I love my neighbor if I'm not willing to listen to my neighbor in a way that I'm open to change if not, then I'm probably not loving my neighbor. And gosh, I, it just seems so convicting to me. Because um, I got views about my neighbor, right? I don't want those challenged. That would that would untidy my world. Uh, I don't want my world untidy, but yet we've, it doesn't sound like our, our world's very tidy. You know, we're trying to tidy it up in our heads, but we thought it sounded like Listening, When I gave you a chance, it sounds like things are pretty bleak. Um, and so maybe what we might do this week, okay? Um, maybe this will be our assignment, and I'm going to take the assignment too. Maybe we would have the courage to start each day this way. God, give me the courage and the strength and the wisdom to genuinely listen to one person today. Just one. We'll start small. Okay. I don't think we, I don't think I do either. I don't think we uh, imagine how hard this is. Um, But I feel sure that if you have and I have the courage to pray that we would listen to one person, that, that God will bring a person across your path who it would be good to listen to. Um, and we'll, we'll start there this week as, as one step towards our own vulnerability, to embracing our own vulnerability. Let's pray. Precious God, it's so easy for us to take for granted that you listen to us. That we can come before you and pour out your heart, our hearts, and be honest and open knowing that you hear us. Knowing that you continue to love us and count us as your children regardless of what we say regardless of what we feel, regardless of what we have done. Gracious God, you know we live with incredible fear and anxiety foreboding. You know that we find it difficult to be vulnerable and yet we also sense that being open that being vulnerable is also in some sense a gift and so we ask this week that you would give us the courage to listen better, to listen more genuinely, to set aside our own preoccupations, our own agendas, our own desire to fix, and to give that gift of listening to someone in our circle who desperately needs it. Give us eyes to see, give us the courage to listen we pray this through christ amen